Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's podcast is titled Dating Well. I have with me Any Hickman. Any, how are you doing? Doing great, man. Really happy to be on. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, Before we get going, I want to shout out our sponsors for the Gotta Be Saints podcast. That is The Catholic Company. They are a one-stop shop for all your Catholic needs, from rosaries to books to clothing. They've got it all. So use code GBS for 20% off your order. Code GBS for 20% off your order. Our other sponsor is Good Catholic. They are a wonderful digital media company that provides video series that can help deepen and liven your faith. Check them out and use code GBS for 20% off your order. That's code GBS, 20% off both the Catholic company and Good Catholic. But now on to today's topic. We're talking about dating well. I had the uh, great fortune of meeting any years ago. Uh, I was working for the Diocese of Arlington at the time, and he was coming out to speak. And so we got to to meet there. But uh, it's only been in the last maybe year or so that we actually have gotten to to kind of actually know each other just through conversations. And um, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while now, so it's it's great that we're we're here. Um, Finally, we made yeah. it happen. Yeah, really happened. Yeah, I really, uh, like I said, I'm really excited about uh, being on, but also, yeah, the topic. I think, you know, we were talking before, um, you know, before we hit record and, you know, like the responsibility, I think you, you were, we were talking about a friend of ours, Father Mike Schmitz and how his, he takes his vocation so seriously that there's a lot of prep that goes into like the messages that he shares, um, surprisingly, right? Like, you would think, oh, he's got it. Um, but uh, but, I, but I think it's the same with our vocation of marriage, right? Like, I feel like I you can throw you could throw a bullet at somebody. <laughs> this is a terrible, but like, you know, I think we understand the metaphor, but like you could throw a bullet at somebody, it might like, ow, you know, that kind of thing. But like if you, you know, if if or let's call it a deer, let's say hunting, not killing somebody, but like, you know, you throw a bullet at a deer and it's just not gonna do anything. But if you have like that that power, you know, behind it, I think that's that's the vocation of marriage, especially like in being a witness to the world. Um, so this whole vocation idea, you know, you do that well, you prep well. And then your witness to the world is just that much more powerful, right? And that much more penetrating. Um, and uh, so, so I love being married. You know, I know you do too. You guys have been married. Oh, just under a year. It'll be a year, April 2nd. So yeah. when this podcast goes out, it might be a year. Nice. April 2nd. Oh, that's sweet, dude. That's great. Yeah, Lent, a Lenten, a Lenten marriage. It's good. We're just taking up the cross the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's always been, um, it's, I think the, the saints, the saints that I have befriended over the years, like have, you know, not necessarily been married saints, but people who just sort of took the gospel, um, uh, for real in their own lives, like, and, and that, you know, that witness, whether, whatever vocation it was, um, I think that's always been the most powerful thing. So, when we felt called to marriage, it was just like, this is going to be for us, but for also 
lived well, we, we can benefit the world. Like it benefits like the good in the world. Um, and uh, so marriage, um, yeah, I just love it. I, I love, I love the whole idea. I also love the anthropology of it. Don't you just love the fact that it's um, primordial? Like it's, before the fall it's before anything right it's sort of established um it's very natural like you you know at the eight, i have a 13 year old and a 15 year old like starting to like hmm you know see boy they're both girls like see boys like oh boys you know it's like it's just so beautiful they get whether you're whether you know christ or not you know God gives us this beautiful like attraction between men and women. Like it's one of those um, gifts that uh, he even bestows on sinners, <laughs> which just is so cool. Like, it's just, you know, everybody gets to experience this cool thing. So anyway, so when you, when you reached out about um, talking about dating, uh, you know, th- th- today's topic, like I was like, yeah, that's uh it's very, um, and it's interesting today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that we could have gone a couple different ways. I mean, I've had, you know, a few, a few conversations with you and each time I feel like I've left with, with something and, you know, I still can think back to one of our, our, our first conversation when I met you in Arlington and you were talking about this idea of, you know, basically making your neighborhood a community and really inviting people in. We're not talking about that today, but you know, I I I still think about that. You know, when I think yeah. about what I want to be when I'm uh, have a family and I own a home, like I want that, and I I get to do it to some extent in my small two bedroom townhome that I live in. Yeah. But you know, it's not the same uh, space at least. But yeah. that that invitation to invite people into your life. I think, of course, we could talk about that within this dating, but um, if you can, and you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit, sure. I am now familiar with you, but just to yeah. our audience, I think uh, some yeah. of them probably know your name, but if they don't. Yeah. If you don't know my name, that's like, I count that as like a star. I'm like, <laughs> don't know any's name. Um, I, so I grew up, uh, you know, uh, a block and a half from, my parish church that was perpetual adoration. Um, you know, priests would uh, walk down on their rosary walk, you know, to my house. Like I, I just kind of grew up in and around the faith. Um, my mom was the, um, she typed, you know, the, the bulletin letter from the pastor, you know, father Donovan who couldn't type and bulletins were Xeroxed back then and that sort of thing. And, you know, she, she was there. So I was always in his office and, he would smoke a big cigar and um, he had two big Dalmatians. And so like the church was never like, Oh, we got to go to church, you know, to me, like growing up, it was, it's also where I rolled my bike, you know, on Saturday morning um, to go play kickball or baseball or soccer on the, on the field. And um, it was before liability, you know, made us build fences around our church. <laughs> you know, like the church field was still open to the neighborhood. Um, but, but anyway, needless to say, so I grew up around the faith and then, um, you know, I'm, I, uh, and I'm still in a lot of ways, I'm just, I'm there, I'm a sinner. Um, I love Sunday mass. Um, you know, I met my wife in, in college and, uh, we can maybe get into that a little bit later, but, but, uh, but, you know, she and I, um, 
you know, have been blessed with nine kids. Uh, we, we, uh, we have been in and out of nonprofit and ministries for, this is like, so this will be like my 20, uh, 23rd, 23rd or 24th summer with the Steubenville youth conferences. So like, I'm still doing this thing that I was doing as like a young youth minister. I'm gray. I have a 21 year old daughter myself. Um, and you know, I'm still, uh, you know, still doing apostolate, uh, you know, work like that on some stages. Um, and then, um, yeah, we started a school like seven years ago, we have a ministry called uh, Delray collective, which is the open porch network, which you were talking about, which is just encouraging folks to open their porches and living rooms and gazebos or cul-de-sacs to their neighbors as a soft landing for evangelization, kind of a pre-evangelization program of just being hospitable and feeding your neighborhood, um, no matter if you're in the suburbs or, you know, uh, the inner city. Uh, we have, we've got porches all over the country. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist. I, um, like I said, I'm a sinner. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I love the church because I, I, I need Jesus um, I need the sacraments. I, um, it's still, you know, um, I feel like the older I get and I'm not super old, but I am 44, which is like, <laughs> I think when I was 25, I would have been like, that's old. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so I, I don't feel 44, but I am. And, uh, but, but as I've, as I've grown through the years, it just, uh, I think, um, you know, um, I just want to be an expert at, uh, a few things. And I think, um, I want to, I want to be that old guy that's joy filled and maybe a little kooky, you know, as opposed to the old guy who's like kind of mad and scared. Um, you know, so, uh, just really trying to attempt to just grow in humility and just like, Hey, let's not take it all too seriously. And, um, let's have fun while we're doing it. And then the second thing is just loving my wife. I want to be um, an expert at loving my wife and really, you know, when they put me in the ground, uh, if, if they could say that, you know, like he loved Cana, um, that's it. That's, that's good for me. Uh, might not even mean I was like great with my kids and that's okay. You know, but like, if I could focus, you know, uh, sort of where I'm going, like where I'm going is I just want to be an expert at, uh, at loving her and, uh, and then just remaining humble and um, joyful. So wow. yeah, that's the quick. Uh, that's the quick rundown of yeah of, of who you are. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate it. And I I like you know your point about loving your wife. Off, you do that, you know your kids are are going to see that. And so in that, you're going to be being a good father. You know, I yeah, I know yeah. that doesn't that doesn't make it perfect, but it's a big part. You know, sure. the example that you're providing them of how to treat someone. Yeah. And I think that's the point, right? That's kind of what I was trying to say earlier too, is just this idea that um, the gospel has more power when it's witnessed. It just, it, it just does. It's so hard to, um, you know, you're not going to convert people by signs, you know, holding signs. You're not going to convert people with like loudspeakers or even like books. It's very rare that people come to their faith, you know, through just reading something. Um, you got to see it in the flesh and, you know, that's the meaning of the incarnation. That's why, you know, God became man. It's he's, he's, um, you know, 
word made words made flesh, I feel like is um, in particular marriage, right? Like it's the word made flesh, you know, here is love happening. Um, Obviously that's, that's Paul and that's Christ himself and that's all those things, but I get to participate in that every day. And you have, it just, you have to believe that, like you said, um, it's actually not my job to convert the heart of my child. Like that's actually all that's God's, that's God's work. That's God's grace. Um, what I do is make flesh, make the word, you know, become a reality in their life. So, um, that, so again, you know, back to the neighbors, your kids, whatever, uh, whether you're, you know, you have a YouTube channel, (laughs) like it comes out when you're living your vocation well, and you have that power behind it of the sacrament. It's like, yeah, it, it, it not only pluses us, I think people talk about like, oh, this is a plus, like it's, it's like, it supers us. It gives us like a supernatural, a supernatural, um, approach to the world and, and, um, and also raising kids. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Do you experience that? Do you, um, did you feel like you were doing something on your own, but then like a minute, your ministry, and then you got married you know, almost a year ago. Do you feel like there's there's some more umph to to what you're what you're doing? Oh yeah, I mean, I I think you know I if anything it it's it certainly fixed my focus in a more proper sense. Like I, I found myself the other day in adoration, and I'm sitting there in prayer, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm looking out, and all the windows are depicting beautiful saints. The church I go to has a huge mural of the Paschal lamb in the middle. And then on the left side are all the saints or a bunch of saints from the last 2000 years. And on the other side is a bunch of old Testament characters. And then of course, Joseph and Mary are in there as well. It's beautiful. And I, and I think about the lives of the saints and I'm like, wow, these saints did all these heroic things. Lord, who am I? Like, I'm not doing anything. And I, then I pause and, you know, God kind of was like, you dummy, you're, you love your wife every day. That's your vocation. Do that. And you're doing what I need from you. Yeah, right. And, it, and it's just, it, it's mind boggling because I think I have this idea that I'm still getting over, especially as only being married for a year. You know, I, I look at the saints and I'm like, they just did everything so well. Mm-hmm. And yet these are the canonized saints that were religious who Oftentimes, you know, their vocation to publicly display acts of mortification, things like that. It was just that's what they were invited into. And and the Lord raised them up in that in that space. But some of the best saints are the ones that we've never seen and will never see. And the Lord used them in their vocation. So these married couples, I look at my own parents, you know, they they're not perfect by any stretch. But my my father and my mother raised eight children. They loved each other. They love each other. And in that, the Lord has been glorified. And it's come about that all eight of us still practice the faith. So yeah. to your point of, you know, has it, has it raised my ministry? It, I think it's given me a better focus of what I'm yeah. called to. I'm yeah. called to every day display to firstly my to God and then to my wife you know, this love that I have for her and the desire to, to put her needs 
above my own. Her, you know, I need to be there to help her and to get her to heaven. And of yep. course, in that, she'll help me get to heaven as well. But it also just makes all these other things more clear. If, if, if this ministry, if this is what God wants me to do from a, a jobs perspective, great. I'll, God be praised. I, I, I enjoy this. But if I had to go work a desk job nine to five at an accounting firm, you know, or whatever, and that was all I did, that would be fine too. Because right. in the end, it's so secondary to what that's right. What I've been invited into. And the second I said I do on that altar on April 2nd, everything in a certain sense changed. You know, I was no longer a single man. I, God had made it very clear in that moment, this is it. This is what I need from you. Get this person to heaven. That's and right. of course, in that, hopefully, God willing, we both can help others as well. Um, yeah. Well, it's just more grace in the world. Like it's just more, it, it's, it's more of who we're supposed to be um, out there in the world. And I love, I love what you said about, cause that it's so, it is so simple um, that it's infuriating, right? Like you're, you know, you're, you're a, you're a doer or a perfectionist or you, you're, you're aspirational and um, you look at the great saints and you're like, are they going to, you know, a name, a building, name, a church after me one day. Like, all these, you know, and, and I think at some point, right. Yeah. That ain't going to be it for me either. But like, you know, at some point you just, um, you know, like, I, I guess the question is um, who is the church? You know, like I, I, I asked this question, like, you know, or who is the spirit for, right. Or, you know, like, and it's, it's, you know, the church, I mean, the church, like, you described it perfectly. Like I'm out there doing a thing that doesn't really have anything to do necessarily with the work of God in evangelization or the apostolate of catechetics or any of these things. Whereas like, I think we do get this picture that if I didn't do anything super important, like have a successful YouTube channel, you know, like I, I just, and I hate to like pick on that, but the idea is like, if you were to pull, if you had a group of a hundred Catholic college students who were serious about their faith and you said, how many of you, you know, if, if, if money wasn't the issue, you know, we just help you start a YouTube channel about Catholic stuff, you know, like, I don't know, half, you know, or, 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 or no better yet. Like we chartered a jet to go to you know, um, India and go like, you know, serve the poor that mother Teresa served. And so like, who wants to go, you know, like there's all these like ideas of the extraordinary and, um, you know, doing great, but it's so difficult. It's it, again, it's just so simple. It's infuriating that, um, Jesus just says, love your neighbor. You know, and I include my wife in that. Like, yeah, she's yeah. actually my first neighbor. She's my closest neighbor. And so, what does it mean to lay down my life in a super ordinary way? Like, what does it mean to lay down my life to be Christ, to love um, as I am loved by Him in the most ordinary way? Well, you know, it means um, doing the dishes, it means folding the laundry. It means um, dating, you know, which we're talking about today. It means, you know, like 
I'm in the grocery store and, you know, um, I'm just there to get milk, but, uh, there, there's a, there's flowers, you know, that are four ninety nine, and it, they're stupid flowers and they're going to die in a day. But like my dreaming about her and thinking about her, um, I'm going to, I'm going to spend the five bucks and do the thing. Um, because like every day I get to wake up, you know, and it's not always pretty here in Houston, but that sunrise and like right now spring here it comes. And I know it's not spring in a lot of places, but like it's blooming right now. It's very green. There's the flowers are coming, like the uh, azaleas are popping. Um, my, my uh, Jasmine, I can smell my Jasmine in my backyard. These are God. This is God. This is God to me every single day, whether I suck or whether I'm great, God's like flowers, sunrise. And so to love my wife ordinarily means I got to bring her flowers and I got to do, you know, um, the, the, the ordinary wooing and the ordinary, um, you know, self-sacrifice. I don't want to do that. Oh, I would rather be on YouTube. I'd rather be on a plane to India, um, sometimes than, than loving my wife. But that's, that's where the saints are made. Hey, you're, you're totally right. There are so many unnamed. I don't know, man. I was talking about this yesterday, like intellects, like I know that in reflection and like self-reflection and like reading. And I, I understand you can meet God there in that relationship, but yeah. in, internally, but I think like being a doorman might be the easier route to being a saint, you know, than like studying and talking about the faith and doing it. Like, what about just doing it? You know, like now who's the guy in Detroit? Who's the doorman? Yeah. Uh, the, um, the uh, brother. Yeah. He's, he was a, he was a brother. I, I wish we had a, a, a Googler. Yeah. You know, anyway, brother, he, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great, and it's, it's an example to you. You know, it's like or the example you're kind of speaking to. Yeah. But, but I, but I, I think everything you just said. The reason, the reason we're here is because every time I've spoken with you, Annie, your your love for your wife is is just so apparent. How long have you guys been married now? This is hold on twenty uh, twenty one years. Um, okay. I, I always forget. I like, I do simple math by the year sometimes. And like, we will be married 22 years this year. Um, okay. and August, it'll be 20 August. It'll be 22 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were, we were super young. Uh, and, uh, yeah, babies really babies getting married. And then we had a baby, you know, at, while we were babies, it was a miracle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I'm really blessed. I'm really well, blessed. Yeah, but 20, really so 21 years, I mean, the reality is, I don't know exactly what the age range of the people who are going to listen to this is, but I, I think a lot of them are probably close close to my age, you know, around 30. But some of them are older, and they're in marriages. They're, they've been married, and they they can't even understand what you're describing. This mm-hmm. idea of continually being in love in a way that the spouse wills the good of the other person in a real way. And, and that's a shame. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is what we're called to. Uh, But for some reason, you know, it's, it's easy to get away from those things. And so 
I think it's important for us to discuss. I mean, it's just important for you to just share about yeah. how much you love your wife and, 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 and the realities of that. I understand it's not perfect. It's not, it's difficult, you know, but at the same time, you know, you can hear it in your voice. Anyone who's listening to you can tell that this is a man who's in love and deep love with his spouse and plans to be there forever. You know, as long as God has you on this earth and has her on this earth and there's so much beauty in that. And so all that said, there's something that you've been doing over these past 21 years or longer since you were dating before that, that has led you to this point. And I'm sure that it has a lot to do with your relationship with the Lord, which is probably the foundation of you and your wife's relationship and probably always has been. Um, and I think, you know, we, we talked about this uh, one time on our phone call and you just mentioned, you're like, yeah, we go on a date every week. You know, even something simple like that, that I don't think many people even consider. Um, and so I, I think we should, you know, we should talk about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. If, if you don't mind, you don't have to go into it in great detail, but just kind of tell our audience how you how you met your wife. Yeah, then- no, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, it was so. First of all, thanks for saying that. I think uh, I, yeah, I just I do. I just I just love her, and the more we know each other, the more we love each other. And you know, um, anyway. So yeah, we. So I. So I, I know I'm getting my wife some five dollar flowers on my way home too. I, <laughs> I get her flowers <laughs> often, but I, I need some Harris Teeter five dollar flowers. We'll be right back. Interested in learning more about your faith? I invite you to check out Good Catholic. They are a digital media brand focused on sharing and teaching about the faith. From podcasts to blogs to digital series, Good Catholic has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order at Good Catholic. Yeah, this is always so funny. It's like I, I, I'm not... Um... I don't intend to, like, I say this, you know, oftentimes <laughs> like a, 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 like, uh, oh yeah, we, we go on a week, weekly date night and that is still true. Um, and, uh, you know, if I'm at a men's conference or I'm in mixed company, you know, like at a, at, you know, like an adult conference, everybody's like, you know, the men kind of look at me like, you're killing me. Like why, you know, like you make me look so dumb. And I, and I, so I don't want to be like, you know, anybody out there, a, if you're a woman, you know, you're a wife, you're a married woman and you're going like, oh, I wish my husband, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe there's something you can do. Like, maybe it's not that. And then secondarily, if you're a guy and you're just like, dude, we're all just guys and it takes practice to remember to do anything. And like, be kind to yourself and don't beat yourself up. And it's never too late to start dating your wife again. So just like be encouraged and don't like, I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back. I it's by the, no, grace I was patting you on the back. Don't no, worry. I know. I just, so what I'm going to say maybe in the next couple of minutes is like, you know, people are going to be like, pot, like, stop it. I'm out. Like I, you know, but I just don't want to make you feel bad. Like let this be an encouragement. Um, God can, can, can motivate and propel you into a deeper love with, with your spouse. So, uh, yeah, so I gave a little bit of my background. I came up through the church. I had a little bit of bumpy things, uh, you know, bump, (laughs) you know, um, 
I thought for a moment in my life, I could find like a middle ground between like spiritual Jesus high and like high, high, you know, like right in between, like where things would be okay. And I'm just a little bad and I'm a little good, but that was, that was probably a stint of, you know, from like sophomore year of high school to like my, I was, I was a freshman at the university of Texas when in a fraternity and the whole bit. And I just, I, um, product of K through 12 Catholic school and <laughs> could not get it together. Uh, the moment of freedom was just insane. And I hit like a kind of like a high bottom, you know, I like calling it like a high bottom. I don't think I hit rock bottom, but you know, the idea of like in a lake where you're going down and you kind of feel the mud, you know, or like the, you know, like it's not the rock yet, but you feel like, Ooh, that was too close. I had that experience. And so I just decided to turn, you know, turn from like debauchery and whatever was going on at the public uh, school. Um, You know, I was a fornicator and it was just, it was all of my um, lusts were just, you know, so, so, so um, they had enslaved me. And uh, so I, I just sort of took the turn. I'd always loved Francis, uh, you know, St. Francis and, and so I just, I loved his story of just being this dramatic, like I'm out and I'm going to strip naked and, you know, <laughs> I no father, but you know, my father in heaven and, you know, he was a party boy, a playboy, and then just turned to just this, you know, so I just, I was like, this is where I'm going. I, I'm just going to go join up with uh, the Franciscans. And so, you know, so in my, in my head, it was going to be that easy. Um, I felt God's call. And so I went, I, um, sight unseen, I, uh, I went uh, to Franciscan University of Steubenville and, um, you know, went there to join the postulancy. I had to go through theology, um, to join the postulancy with, uh, um, first the OFMs and then the Marians. And, uh, and, and during that time, um, my spiritual directors were always like, you're like super infatuated with this idea of poverty and this idea of like wearing a habit every day. And, you know, just, it, it was true. Like um, to not have to think about what I was wearing every morning when I had just come from this like life of like, you know, fitting in and doing the things like the idea of a habit was just awesome. The idea of, um, you know, chastity, uh, you know, being, being celibacy, like that my chaste, my chastity would be celibacy where I never had to go into the dark room where I never had to be intimate with a woman again, um, felt great. It felt like I could be in solitude with God. And so there was some infatuations with the order and, uh, and then it came down to it. I was in, in studying in Austria doing a, in my Austria, um, semester there at the university and my spiritual director happened to be on camp, you know, on campus and, uh, in Austria and said, uh, he goes, I need you to go back to Ohio, um, you know, re-enroll there. And when you do next semester, I want you to go on some dates. And, uh, and this was like devastating to me, you know, and he was telling me like, just do it for a semester like try it on get good. You know, your relationships with women have been really weird in the past. And so like, just start befriending women, go on some dates. And, um, so I took, uh, so Kana, Kana, my wife was, was our, uh, was my second date. Um, I had, uh, um, we had, um, the way our Europe 
study worked is she was gone the spring semester and I was gone the fall semester. So there's a whole year where we weren't on campus together. We had a lot of mutual friends, but I didn't know her at all. And I showed up, um, you know, after being told I have to come back and go on some dates, I showed up and my best friend, uh, who is a priest for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, you know, my roommate, like he's going to be a priest too. And, but then this like cute girl like runs up and he like hugs her and spins her around. And I was like, who's this? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> I guess, you know, like, and, um, and, and so introduced me and, um, you know, her side of the story is like, you know, I had a truck. Um, uh, she, she was discerning, uh, as well, the Franciscan, uh, TOR sisters there. And, uh, so she had already been on a couple of like come and see weekends. She thought, you know, she was, um, headed toward religious life as well, but she liked my truck. And she was like, Oh, look at that guy. He's got a truck. Who's this? And, um, so anyway, um, a friend of ours was doing a, a talent show and, and mind you, like at this time I was just kind of like going through the motions. I was like, I think this was February, you know, it was a, a month in, okay, I'll take, I'll take Kana out. And I asked her out and I said, I was like, Hey, would you want to go out on Friday night? We'll just go get dinner or something. And, and, um, and she was like, Oh, She's like, I can't, you know, but she was like super disappointed. And so I thought, oh, hey, she likes me. Like she wants to go out with me. This is something right. Because she had already, she was already going on a date anyway. So the following day, there was a talent show on campus. I'm broke. I don't have any money, nothing. So we're like, we're going to go to a talent show. And then we went to Hardee's, um, which, you know, I don't know if Hardee's is in your area, but it's basically like a Carl's Jr., <laughs> like just a fast food, you know, type of thing, Jack in the box, whatever. We got a milkshake and um, I'm sitting across her with a milkshake and I'm just going like, and we were, we were friends. We had three classes together. Um, we studied together, uh, you know, prior to this and, and, and there was a real friendship. And, um, and so, um, so seeing my friend across the table and just going like, She's so cool. She loves the Lord. There's something really different, you know, about her. And, uh, you know, it's, um, and, and I just kind of caught a glimpse of it and was like, this could work. Like this could actually work. I'm seeing this now. Um, she was raised in Guatemala, Central America. So she had like this third culture kid vibe going, um, she was cute and innocent. Like she didn't know what like saved by the bell was. And, you know, it's just growing <laughs> up. Mary. So like, there was all these things I, you know, um, I introduced her to, you know, good or bad, but, uh, you know, we, we, um, it was probably maybe a month after that first date where we were just, we were dating as friends as, you know, just going out, just having a good time. It was probably a month after that, that, um, you know, we, um, well, we went on a mission trip together and, uh, it was there that again, I just saw her love for kids and, um, you know, just looking at her, just going like, this could actually be a thing. And so it was there that, um, I, uh, I asked if we could, you know, discern, um, you know, a a relationship, a, a dating relationship. And, she was like, great. And I think we kissed the next day, you know, and then there and then, we go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and, 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 and I, you know, and I, and I mentioned that because uh, I think everything at the, at that time, like we had really close friends who, 
you know, we're engaged and we're not, you know, they said they're, you know, they're not going to kiss till their wedding day, you know? And like, there was sort of this like purity culture thing going around that, that had, um, I think prohibited young men and young women from just like, I just want to kiss you, you know? Uh, um, and, and like that somehow seemed like a bad idea. And, um, and I think from the get go, uh, both Kana and I, uh, because of the households we were raised in, um, knew that uh, that affection um, and physical affection was uh, was of God and um, was not something to be embarrassed about. Um, you know, so you know it wasn't PDA. Uh, we don't want to get we don't you know we don't wanna, we don't want to bring scandal to people, but. Um, but yeah, that, that was the, uh, that was the meeting place. And then we were married, um, in August after, uh, after graduating. So as soon as we graduated in May, we were married in August. We had our first baby Madeline, um, the following July. And so, uh, you know, we've been having, we've been having, um, date nights, which subsequently, you know, that, that, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, providentially brings about children. You know, if you, if you dig, <laughs> this is kind of, this is kind of the path you're going on. Um, but, but again, I mean, it's just such a blessing. Uh, it's, it's, it's our kids, um, our older kids are just so stinking proud of. And, uh, you know, I just, just yesterday had, um, you know, a deep dive discussion into, you know, uh, Augustine's confessions, the confessions with, with my two oldest, my 21 year old and my 19 year old. Um, like who gets to do that? I get to do that. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely. And then I, and then I go home and I'm doing bad, 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 you know, to the, to the, <laughs> baby, and then everything in between, you know? Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a full life. Um, it's a busy kind of life in the, in the good way. And it, 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 you know, it came from that initial moment of, um, yeah, uh, dreaming about the possibilities with, uh, a girl that I was not only excited about her, um, her faith in the Lord, but that I was attracted to, I was actually like, I want to kiss her, you know? And, uh, and that's something that, um, yeah. So from the beginning, that was, uh, that was sort of the deal. Um, and then, and then the whole like dating thing, um, was, uh, was on our, um, marriage. No, no. What is it called? Engaged encounter. The, uh, little retreat we went on, there was an old, an old deacon and his wife, you know, like given the presentation and they were all fresh with one another and kind of grow, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like you don't want to, I mean, they were, they were sweet, but they were being so fresh with one another that it felt, it just felt so like, that's real. Like how these old, these two old, you know, older folks are probably like 35. I don't know, but like, you know, they were, but at the time I just remember thinking like, man, I want that sort of affection when I'm old, when I'm old, I want to have that sort of affection for my wife and my wife for me. And so I asked him, um, like, what's your number one? What's the secret? What's the secret sauce? How do you, how do I get that? And he said, uh, he said, we've had a weekly date night. He's like, I encourage you, like, just, just mark it on your calendar and go on a weekly date. 
And uh, so we have, it was, it was that, it was the next conversation I had with Kana. I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? What about right here from today? You know, through our engagement, all the way through our marriage, we just commit to always having a weekly date night. And she was like, I love it. You know, and of course, like in the beginning, it was super easy when it was just us or just us and a baby. Um, as life has gotten busier, um, you know, sometimes dates look like Costco run, you know, <laughs> like like we're going to go do the circle with the, um, uh, you know, the, the samples at Costco or, you know, Sam's and then like treat her to a hot dog at the end. Or, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, just our back porch where, you know, we have another little sitting area for us that like is just ours and we go out there and share um, a couple glasses of wine or something like that. So it's not like, it's not like it used to be where it was an actual sort of thing, a dinner. It's not always like that. Although we do get a lot of those. Um, it's expensive, you know, um, but it's a worthy expense. I think there's one of the, you know, that's one of those blockages. People are like, ah, you know, like, you know, you, you, you paid out, you know, how, you know, $800 in interest, you know, for your new car. Um, you know, or, you know, you, you've done a number of things, you've prioritized a number of things, um, in your life where your money is going to go. Like, wouldn't this be something that you could make a budget line item? Um, yeah, you know? yeah. and then the other one is just the time, you know, but we always say that, you know, the sacred documents of a, of a family are their budget and their calendar. Yeah, these these are the these are the sacred die. These are the these are the things that you actually prioritize. Here are the ways we prioritize our money. Here are the ways we prioritize um, our calendar. Um, and so, dating just from day one has always been, you know, calendared and budgeted. And um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's been. Not, you know, like I said, not always easy, um, but it's, it's simple enough. And the kids, you know, they go through a phase where they hate it. Ah, and like it's Thursday night. You know what we do on Thursday night. You know, mom and dad go out on Thursday night. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Catholic company. The Catholic Company is a one-stop shop for all your Catholic needs. From rosaries to books to clothing, the Catholic Company has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order. You know, they don't, you know, they want it. And that's, that's sometimes the most difficult. Is it like in the middle, in the midst of a busy week where there's school and there's track and there's dance and there's baseball and there's all kinds of other things that are not bad, not evil, good things. You have to, you have to set the boundary. We have to set the boundary for our, for our, for our marriage. And um, it's difficult when it comes to, cause it's usually kids, right? It's never like I'm going out with the bros, you know, or I'm going like you're a good Catholic family. You have a ton of kids. And then it's like, you know, you want them to be saints. And I think there's, 
there's perhaps in our culture more of a pull towards putting the putting children at the center of your family as opposed to where it should be which is marriage marriage should be the center of your family and and the kids are along for the ride for 18 years um you know um they're dancing with you um they're not the they're not the you know the main character in the family and so having to say to your kids like sorry bud like i love you but this is one night one night a week you know you're gonna have to just turn on bluey or something you know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's it's so true though in our culture today especially you know i i my spouse was sharing with me a a couple friend of hers that their parents one the dad was moving to another state and for a job and the mom was staying behind because the child sports in their high school. And I just, you know, I, I'm not trying to get involved in their marriage. I'm like, it's not the way it works. It's not the way it should be. You know, that's not your vocation. Your vocation is to your spouse. And I remember you, you were sharing with me, uh, you made a good point talking about your children and when they, if they talk back to you or talk back to you about your spouse and you Mm -hmm. say to them, don't you dare say that about my wife, mm-hmm. you know, not your mother. I'll say, don't talk to my wife that way. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, don't, you know, say, please, you know, do it nicely or whatever. Like there's all there's there. Yeah. You, you keep it there. Like this is, this is my spouse, you know? And I think the first time I say that to my kids and then when they can really grasp it, they're like, yeah like it's like we should respect that guy's wife because like we should respect him and vice versa and and so yeah put putting putting your spouse over um you know over the kids or you know i think and and i i think that that's the most like sharp right because it's obvious you're like put your spouse over like your hobbies. Like that's okay. You're like, duh, you know, we should do that. You know, these types of things is where it's, 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 it's necessarily children that, um, you know, I, it's not getting in the way cause they're a part of it. They're totally a part of it. Um, they're just not the center of it. And, and so it's, um, it's, it's difficult cause they're great too. And you are called to love them and you are called to give them every opportunity. And, you know, um, but, but yeah, to your point, it's like, uh, your kid's probably not going pro. Like maybe if your kid really, you know, he's six, eight in eighth grade or something. And like, you know, there, there, there might be a priority for a moment, you know, where <laughs> you prioritize that because it's better for the whole family, so on and so forth, you know, but, but chances are that's not the case. And, um, you've just, listened to your kids um maybe too much yeah i I like it yeah all right well if if any single person has remained on this podcast for this long i thank you i know that we've been talking mostly as as married men um and of course that that, that's your experience that's what you know you're able to share um but let's let's say someone's single and they've they've listened this long what are the tips that you would throw at them uh, for today's culture, you know, on how to date well in today's yeah. culture? 
yeah. both from a male's perspective, but then also, you know, from a female's perspective. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the core, the core of the, of, of the deal is, um, is, is probably twofold. And then I'll probably have two other supplementary tips. Um, I think one, um, God's will for your life, um, is deeper and more, uh, broad, um, than just a, a vocation. Right. And so like, um, it really does have everything to do with your good and your fulfillment and your satisfaction and the use of your gifts and all of these things. Like, so, so primarily I think when you're dating or single, when you're single and sort of thinking, okay, like, I feel like I'm called to marriage, like primarily. And again, I know it's simplest. It feels simplistic, but really developing a relationship with God to the place that you are, you know, you're beloved, you know, that you, um, you know, uh, are worthy, you know, that you're valuable, that you, you know, that you're a prize and you are, you're his. Um, so I think that's like sort of the, the primary goal, um, wherever you're at a uh, single married, you know, um, celibate is like, um, do I know the love of the father and do I know that I'm valued and good? Um, and then the, the next thing is like, we're called to community and we're called to communion with others. This is the church. This is us reaching out. This is us encountering God and other people. And so I would say that second step in, in being single, discerning marriage, um, you know, primarily like re- your relationship with God. And then secondarily, just healthy, good friendships and friendships mean, you know, I'm, I'm for you, man. Like, uh, what are you up to? Uh, I'll be, doing that with you. Uh, Oh, what are you suffering through? What are you struggling? I'm here with you. I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to advise you. I'm, I'm not going to, um, you know, use you. I, you know, we can have fun. There's friendships, there's real relationship, there's intimacy, uh, there's communication, there's vulnerability within your friend group, guys, girls, whatever, um, develop healthy friendships so that when, you go on a date when that happens, if that happens, right? You're able to distinguish between somebody who is playing a game or like kind of like, I guess you could say like cosplaying, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm a Catholic single and I am going on a date and here we are, you know, like that like kind of cosplaying what that looks like. And then somebody who's real and transparent, vulnerable, who can have a community, have a, have a conversation and that sort of thing. You'll be able to sort of know what that looks like. And, you know, because if you don't have any positive relationships, if you don't have really good relationships, um, you're, you're sort of going to fall for the, the actor, you know, you're going to fall for, um, you know, something less than the best. And so if you have great girlfriends, you know, or great, great guy friends, um, you know, somebody else comes from the ends outside in a dating relationship. Uh, you, 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 you already know what a good friendship feels like because at the heart of it, at the heart of dating is, um, developing and discerning lifelong friendship, right. That, that could be your spouse one day. 
And so I don't like the idea of saying like dating is discerning marriage. It is and it isn't. It's more like discerning lifelong friendship. Like, will I be a longtime friend of this person? Now, you eventually begin to discern marriage with that person in a dating relationship, perhaps. But this is my third kind of like, uh, you know, tip would be just date, though. Like, like don't, <laughs> you know, like you're not um, you don't have to take it too seriously on your first date or even your second date or even your third date. You 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 are not getting married to that person. Um, it's like, it's like, you know, we say this when people visit seminaries or discern, you know, religious life, it's like, just go, go, go and see, they're not going to size you up for your habit. Like the first time you go and visit. So it's the same thing with dating. Like just go date, go have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Um, ladies, I always say like, dude, if guy wants to take you out, like let him take you out, let him, let him buy you a meal. Like what, there's not a you know, you don't have to think too hard about it. I talk to young women, um, young men too, all the time who just, um, um, it's okay to be, um, not ready to make a long commitment. You know, it's okay. I think, I think fewer and fewer people are ready to do that at young ages, uh, in today's culture, but it's okay to be like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to marry this guy. That doesn't mean you have to marry him. Just go go on the date. Enjoy yourself. So I would say, um, and this is going to sound terrible, but I'd say a tip would be uh, date. <laughs> you might, we might want to erase this. I don't know. I don't know if you agree, Brennan, but like I'd say date casually. Don't sleep around casually. Don't date. Don't, 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 you know, do that. But like have fun, you know, if there's yeah. a, no, I, I agree with that. I don't need people to. Go, that. Well, I know, but like some people are like, no, don't do casual. Like be cat. Like, it's okay. If you, I was talking to a guy, a guy and a girl the other day, they're friends. They're a part of the same friend group. And, um, the guy asked, um, the girl out and said, um, you know, Hey, like, let's just go out. Let's just go have a fun time. Let's go on a date. Dates are fun. And she was like, uh, but like, what happens if we don't, it doesn't work out. It'll be awkward in the relationship here. And he go, and he said this great thing. You know what he said? He goes, he goes, Oh, who cares if it doesn't work out? I will encourage my, my other guy friends to go on dates with you. <laughs> like what a great approach. Like the idea that we're all just, you know, we can help each other. He was like, and then you could introduce me to your, to your girlfriends. Like it's okay to be friends and go on a date. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I think those are probably as, as you know, um, I wasn't single long in the Lord, but just working with, with young singles for, for a while, I think that's probably my biggest tip is just, um, yeah, don't be afraid. Pope Francis says it's going against the stream, you know, like this is, this is going against the stream in our culture to sit across the table from somebody and just have a conversation, um, to be in communication and things. So, um, you know, so have, have, have fun with that. And then the last thing, the last tier I would say for single people is begin to create space in your life, um, for a, for a lifelong relationship with someone. So like spend time with families, spend time, you know, begin to carve out a night for date night. Like it'd be very difficult if you're like, you're working, 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 and then you get married and now you're trying to commit to a date night. Like maybe have a date night picked out 
where you either hang out with your, you know, uh, you know, your girlfriends or guy friends, um, or, or that's the date. That's the night that you try to find somebody to go have fun with. Uh, so creating, like carving out that time early on as a single person will, um, will help get, you know, those, uh, sort of, um, build those muscles of saying like, no, I'm gonna put my job aside. I'm gonna put my, uh, my hobby aside. I'm gonna put all the same aside for a specific purpose, which is dating. Um, even if you're not dating people, um, it's good to carve out the time at least to say, so when someone says, Hey, are you free? And be like Thursday nights, I'm free. That's my, that's my time to go out and have a good time. Right. Um, you know, and then guys, this is just one bit of like, just, just ask her, just ask her, like, stop, stop doing the, um, like put down your phone, like put down your phone and go ask a real girl out. You know, uh, it's, it's, I always say it's scary. And then it's awkward. And then it gets better. <laughs> you know, like, it's like scary. And then it's awkward. And then like, and then it's good. Like just a few minutes in, it'll be, it, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be fine. It'll be a moment of scared and awkward. And then all, all will be well. Um, and then, um, and then, okay, I have a fifth or a sixth. Uh, comb your who's hair. Count, who's counting? Comb your hair. Uh, get pretty ladies that get pretty. It's okay. You don't have to be afraid of, uh, you know, this terrible narrative out there of like guys are pigs and always, you know what I mean? It's like what you wear is going to make them fall or some sort of thing like that. Like, don't you, you are beautiful and it's, it's okay to get dressed up and to be beautiful. Um, and, uh, and, and guys, um, you know, if, if you're going to want to, if you're going to want to you know, rescue the princess and, and win the day, you're going to have to comb your hair, you know, he's, really, <laughs> he's not saying that to me. Don't I'm not saying, well, no, but see, you, are, you won somehow. Oh, you Shave make, your head, Brendan. Shave you your head. head. I mean, look <laughs> at your head. It's a great head. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so like, you know, um, be okay with your dignity and value. And, um, you know, don't downplay your features. Don't downplay, um, how God make, made you beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, cause I think we're afraid of that too. You know, we're mostly afraid of how great we are, not, um, not, uh, you know, not, not how bad we're going to do, you know? So, um, yeah. So I, you know, and, and there's probably millions more, but I, but, but yeah, again, just working with, um, so many young people through the years, it's like, um, a lot has changed. The internet has changed stuff. Oh yeah. The phones have changed stuff. Um, what do you think about, uh, dating apps? Yeah. I, well, well one, I want to, I want to say a few things to what you just said and then we'll, yeah, go, ahead. we'll go to dating apps. Yeah, yeah. One, the community aspect. If you can find it, find it, people. Like I, I remember talking to my wife, and she came from Clemson. You know, she just went to a, a big school, and she said, "Being around your friends, this is the first time I've ever been around adult men and women at this age who can have those type of friendships." She's like, "I just didn't experience this ever." You know, even in college, she had girlfriends, and then if she was friends with men, they were in her classes. Or it was guys that she was interested in or were interested in her. Like, that was it. Right. And so 
I think your point of talking about the importance of building those authentic friendships, it's wonderful. Then the reverse, you know, you're talking about uh, the guy asking out a friend who's in that friend group. Maybe you're in that situation where you have those friendships uh, with other people of the opposite sex. And you're worried about what potentially could come about within if you guys date and it messes things up. That's a silly concept. I understand it, but it's a place of fear. Like if you're called to the vocation of marriage, which some of the people who are listening to this, if you're not called to that vocation, remember that the Lord has a better plan for you. Like whatever he's got in store for you, maybe it's the, maybe you're just be single for the rest of your life. If that's really what he has in store for you, you need to trust that he is going to fulfill you in a way that is greater than the vocation of marriage ever would have. And he has a plan for that. But to go back to what, you know, we're, we're talking about here, that the reality of losing a friendship or making things awkward is silly. If you're called to marriage, I can tell you this. I've, it's only been a year. I still talk to some of my friends that are of the opposite sex. But in no way is it the same level and no way should it be. You know, I might send them a text just asking how they're doing or show me a picture of your baby, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's not the same as what it would have been even 12 months earlier. And that's good. So this idea or this worry of messing with the relationship or a friendship or even your friend group is not the right. It's not the right approach. I don't think it's uh, yeah. the best way. And then, of course, lastly, I'll just say to what you're talking about. Maturity is going to go a long way in all of this. The more mature you are, the better you're able to have a reaction like the guy you're describing there, who is like, if it doesn't work out, I'll just set you up with my friends. Like, it takes a very mature man to say that. Right. But isn't right. that what we would want, you know? Yeah. And, and I think also the older you get, the more you realize that, yes, you should be attracted to the person you're married to, attracted to your spouse. Hmm. That is not the reason I love my wife. It's not the reason you love your wife. It's part of the reason you love your spouse. I love that I'm very attracted to you. But my wife could gain 100 pounds and I would still love her. And I wouldn't think twice of it because I would say, that's not why I'm with you. I'm I'm married to you because who you are on the inside. And you talk about that friendship. And I just think that is, that's going to be there. So especially I think the younger you are, the easier it is to base your dating on attraction. And that's Mm -hmm. a, that's important. But remember, as you get older, you know, the idea of like somebody being out of your league, I just feel like there comes a certain age where it's just not a reality. If you're, if you're confident and you put yourself forward, you have a chance. Yeah. No, I love that. What you said about that. Cause it is like, I mean, I have to remind Kana is my best friend. Like she's my best friend. I know that sounds like cheesy or cliche or like, it's not, no, I, I say it to my wife. Really all the time. Is. Like, she is like, I don't, you know, there's moments where I need her, um, you know, in that, like, I need my friend, you know, like um, I, I, I guess when you're just having a low day, you know, and you're, and you're just going, who do I call? Like, who do I, who, who can minister to me? You know, um, that's, that's her for me. And that didn't come from like, you know, like, just like you're saying, like it, the looks, like it didn't come from anything external. It is a deep, deep, it's a deep love 
that um, you know every day grows deeper and deeper, and 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 the current is uh, is swift. It's a swift, deep river of love that um, I know I can I can trust her. Um, what I was really attracted to her. And, uh, you know, from the get go and I had, and I, and I remain attracted to her. Um, and here's the wild thing. Her body has changed tremendously. Like, like you can, I mean, you know, you imagine like a 20, I married her, she was 22 and now we're 44 and she's had nine kids. She's had 12 pregnancies. Um, just getting old, just getting, just having, you know, your body go through pregnancy and all these things like, and she is more attractive in that body than she was at 22 to me, because all of the life we've experienced together, every gray hair in my beard, every, you know, this is, we have, we have, we've been together and that, and, and so her body, like, you know, I get that, like, you know, it, it's, it's not everything, you know, like the body, the attraction, it's not everything. Um, but it doesn't go away in a way that I think I thought it would when I was 22, it was like, you know, okay, her body will change and I'm always going to love you no matter what, no matter how ugly you get or you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's actually not that it's actually the opposite. You act, you know, when you're, when you're deeply in love and this is your friend, um, you know, it's like my, I have guy friends that are probably like super, you know, whatever, like unattractive or like slobby looking or something like, I don't, just don't even notice. Cause they're just my friend in it. And, um, you know, I think with Kana, you know, um, her, uh, yeah, her and my attraction. So, so, you know, um, so I still talk about it. Like I literally talk about, it. I don't buy her flowers or like say something nice about it. like she, <laughs> yesterday she called me and then hung up and I thought to myself, Oh, it was probably a butt dial. And then she texted me, sorry, butt dial. And the first thing that came to my mind was I like her butt. Like, and I, <laughs> that, and I said, I like your butt. I like hearing from your butt. Like that's the <laughs> thing, but like, if that is, that's, that's real. That's not my, that's not my, um, you know, I know I should compliment my wife and her looks like I really do um, think she's great. Her, her name upside down is wow. So if ever mom has a place setting, I always turn it upside down and I'm like, this is wow seat, you know, like it's, uh, <laughs> you know, these are, these are things I think that, um, you know, again, God has given us that grace. Like it's not just, uh, you know, it's not some superpower I had, but I think when you enter into marriage, um, you know, with, with the intent to love forever and love sacrificially and lay down your life and, um, yeah, be there as a friend. Uh, it's, it's a blast. It's so fun. And I'm looking at you and your young marriage and just going like, I know that you guys are going to have just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, dating, traveling together, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it really is, it really is great. So as a single person, I know if that, you know, um, I know there's also know there's a lot of pain there, you know, like I talk to people all the time. It's like, it's very painful. Uh, the Catholic dating game is weird. Um, which brings us up. We were talking about this, like with apps, you know, um, I think they're great. 
I actually, I think that it's a, it's, it's an, it's a useful tool. Um, you know, today life is just busier. There's no more, you know, roller skating rinks and there's no more like, let's go hang out at the burger place. Like it just, it's tough to, to find, to find a place of connectivity and communication. So I think done well, I like, I like the app thing. And I have a lot of friends that, um, that have met, um, online and and have perfectly awesome, beautiful, um, Catholic marriages, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm for them. I mean, of course, then there's like some apps you just like, don't do that app, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm in, an, I'm in agreement with you. I, uh, yeah, I think basically, I, I also think they provide a space for people who might have a more difficult oper- time with right. dating and they're, you know, they don't have the confidence necessarily to really put themselves out there. And that's where I say, great, use the apps. This is an avenue for you to put yourself out there in a way that you feel more comfortable with. Now, of course, it's not a substitute for in-person interaction. That's that's no. not what I'm saying. But, yeah. you know, if you struggle to find your words at first, when you're first speaking to someone, an app's a really good place to be able to, you know, kind of share your thoughts, but in a, in a thoughtful way that, you know, the keyboard can be a helpful place for, for some totally. people. Totally. And like you said, I think more, more so than that, though, it's just the busyness of life. This gives you an avenue. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're Catholic, use Catholic match, you know, use these apps that are, are out there that I, I think the, the issue with some of these big ones is you just have to scan through a lot of crummy people. And that's the hard thing. You know, I've got friends who they'll use Hinge, they'll use Tinder, they'll use Bumble. And I'm like, if you find someone on that app, great. Like, God bless you. But like, I need a filter that says Catholic Christian. Like, I'm not doing this. uh, Where do you go to church? I just need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need some basis there. It can't be. I go out on a date and I find out the guy's or girl is an atheist and, sleeping around and is hoping for that, that night, you know, it's like, there's, there's no point in doing that to yourself. But um, I think the apps can be, if, like you said, if done well, they can be really good. And I I'm for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, and in a message to, um, to married couples uh, who might still have single friends, like, I think that um, don't be ashamed of your marriage. Right. Uh, you know, you don't only have to hang out with them as individuals, uh, but, but invite them into your home. Um, and I think, and, and, you know, like uh, if there are other single people uh, this is kind of like, again, a, a sub, you know, a subset that happens kind of at our open porches. It's like, invite them all, you know, <laughs> like, and be the place where, singles feel comfortable single you know men and women feel comfortable to come and eat um be a hub be a hub of um community and be catholic uh, match you know just be, invite be, all your be the matchmaker friends. be the matchmaker yeah but set them up you know um be on the lookout pray for them daily you know pray pray for them often um you know cuz again i think there's there we're going to enter a time where I, yeah there's a lot of pain there there's a lot of like, um, 
you know, people feel unworthy or, you know, um, like they're going to have to settle, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I can't find anybody. So I guess I'll just have to settle for what you're talking about. You know, I'll just go on tender, I guess, or, you know, like, no, you, you don't have to, you don't have to settle. Um, but again, you have to, you have to carve out the time. You got to carve out the time. Like you can't just be busy. And then why isn't God sending me, you know, well, like you got to do something like God does send the squirrels, you know, the, the pecans or pecan, pecan, or however you're saying, Pe- we say, pecan. Gonna yeah. Fight you. yeah, but, but you, in the, uh, in the West, we call them acorns, but <laughs> acorns. Yeah. I don't eat an acorn, but yeah, but the squirrels still got to, you know, crack it. Right. Like, you know, God, God's going to give you those things, but like, you got to put, you know, you got to put some of the work into it. Um, carving out time is, is, is definitely key. So, you know, um, all in all, I think, you know, all, you know, wh- whether you're single or, or dating, um, or, or married, um, or celibate, you know, the idea of God's spirit in us loving others is, is where, is where it happens. It, that's where that's where holiness happens. That's where sanctity happens. You're going to have that individual relationship with God. But the point is that he wants to put his life in you. And what is he doing? He's loving. What is he up to? He's loving. What is he up to? So, you know, um, you got to be a good lover of people just all around. You know, um, there's a, uh, you know, so, so. So focusing on that and just going like, I'm just going to be a good friend. I'm just going to be a good, I'm just going to be a good lover of people, a good neighbor. Um, it, it also helps you like maybe a little shift in the way you look. Cause I hear a lot of people say things like, well, he's just not my type, you know? And it's like, do you know your type? Like, really? Like if, is that, you know, what are you saying by that? You know? And I think, I think we limit God based on like, well, he's not tall enough, you know, or, or, or she's, you know, or whatever, whatever the thing your type is, you know, yeah, I think yeah. there's something to that. When you begin to love everybody, no matter what they look like or smell like, or you just loving people, you're not going to have a type. You're just gonna, yeah, you know, yeah, that's maybe, I don't know. I mean, I guess I like a height difference. I, I, I can kind of see that a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. My my wife's joke when I when I got married, her her bridesmaid shared a story. She's like, "Yep, Meredith always wanted someone who is spoke Spanish and was like six five. She's like, instead, she got someone who's the same height and almost failed Spanish in college. <laughs> <laughs> right." Right. So it all worked out, but yeah. do things yeah. that she thought she wanted. That's not right. what she ended up with. And she's yeah. happier and, for it. Right. And that's not that. Yeah. And like, we need to just eliminate the vocabulary of settling. Like it's just, that's, yeah. I mean, how offensive, how offensive is that? That there could be like a lesser type of person. Like we don't practice that. We don't believe that. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. So, um, you know, God, God can, uh, can surprise you sometimes. Yes, he can. To be honest, I think my family was a little surprised 
like, you know, um, Kana has a different, she has, she's just a different, she's different. And, and, and she was different from any other girl I'd ever dated. And my family was like, what? I didn't have a type, but, but it, she was, she was clearly, um, different i mean like i said she was kind of third culture like didn't really have like this american kind of mind but uh but um but yeah so god can surprise you for sure you know it's good stuff i agree well we've talked now for over an hour so i i <laughs> give you a chance i'm not surprised we knew this would happen i want to give you a chance for final thoughts uh okay. here's a couple questions we didn't get to but that's okay i think the spirit moved and we said, yeah, what we yeah, said. yeah well, I it just, yeah. My final thought is this was fun and um, we could probably do this more. So please let me know how I can support the, uh, you know, gotta be saints. Uh, oh, you're always welcome. And I agree. We, we, we can do this. Hopefully. Yeah, I really, I really Every like so often where we can, you know, have these discussions. And I think, probably a plentitude of topics that you and I yeah, could, yeah. could I get into. Tells me we could talk yeah about a number of things. Um yeah but but hopefully it gets plays and it's not like oh my gosh like this guy you know so uh so so we'll see. Um yeah final thoughts is uh yeah let's uh, let's go let's go be holy. Um let's go be holy and you know holiness is um is it's other it's different than the world it's an anointing, right? And you know the 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 call to be perfect as the Father is perfect um, does not mean what we normally and in, like interpret that to mean, which is sinless. Perfect meaning um, like without flaw. Um, but when Jesus was talking about being perfect as the Father was perfect, he was talking about the way the father loved and the way the father um, continues to pour out and continues to, to, uh, to, to show the good, you know, to, to us, um, even though we are flawed. And so um, I would say, yeah, let's go, let's go be saints. Let's go be holy. Let's, you know, if we want to make a difference in the world, we have to look different in the world. Mm -hmm. And it starts there with, you know, dating and and being single and getting married, and we we look different, and our witness is um, is powerful when we're living our vocation in holiness. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I got two final questions for you that have nothing to do with what we. Oh, do. good, fun. Yeah, so these are these are questions I ask every episode, uh, to especially to new guests. So, who is on your Mount Rushmore of saints? Who are your who are your go-tos? Oh, good question. You can have four, but you know, if you want to expand it to oh, six. Well, eight, there's four there, right? Yeah, there's yeah, four. Yeah, but I'm saying, you okay. know, it's it's a Catholic well, much more so. I can't. Yeah. A big I, 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 I love them all. There's not a saint I've met that I don't love. So, um, so I could go on forever. So I like the intentional uh, four. <laughs> That's good. That's um, good. So I would have to say. Um, yeah, my first friend, uh, Francis, Francis of Assisi and, um, for more than the birdbath reasons, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like if you're like, wow, that's easy. He's no. awesome. He's radical He's, and he loves. Yeah. Like so, this, so deeply. Yeah. Um, 
the second would would uh, probably be um, St. Teresa of Calcutta. Um, just a um, a saint for our times. Just her her words on um, staying where you are uh, have have resonated in my life. You know the idea of um, you know find your own, find your own Calcutta. Like Calcutta is great. Uh, you know, go serve there if that's your Calcutta. But most of us are going to have the Calcutta of our cul-de-sac and the Calcutta of our homes, um, our families and things like that. So I, so I think, uh, you know, mother, um, Teresa has, uh, just, yeah, she, she has inspired me through the years. Um, oh, then now it gets tough. Okay. Um, I'm going to say probably, uh, I'll do two. Uh, let's see. I'll pro- probably, um, uh, Maximilian Colby as uh as number three and um for obvious reasons um but but also media i think uh he has inspired that piece um just innovation and you know he would have been a saint had he not been martyred i love that about him like here's you know he was both a white and a red saint like he was what he asked for yeah it's he was canonized um just as a confessor and like um, and then to, to have the opportunity to be a martyr as well. So sweet. Um, and then number four is like, a, he's another martyr. The first, you know, he will be the first, uh, you know, American born, you know, uh, you know, martyr, which is uh, blessed Stanley Rother, um, of, uh, of Oklahoma city. And, uh, you know, I think for me, I, I love, I love, uh, I love indigenous people. I love America. I love the, I, you know, the idea of, um, you know, loving those who were here first and, and, uh, you know, Rother uh, has such a powerful story to that. Um, just an ordinary saint, an ordinary farmer guy that, um, you know, ended up uh, again, having the blessing of being, you know, given the opportunity to be martyred for the faith and, and standing for the least. And so, um, I also love that it was just in 1982. And so you can like still go and meet people who knew him who like were catechized by him. And, um, you know, so there's a, there's a real connection and we're real connection with him, um, in our, uh, in our trips to Guatemala and stuff. So I think that's the four, but then there's like, you know, I don't know. I'm not yeah, even 400,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more, uh, where that came from. I love the saints. Me too. Well, my final question for you, God willing, any one day you're going to be a saint. What are you going to be the patron saint of? Oh, that's another good question. Um, I see why you ask these of your guests. I've thought it's about just always this. interesting. You know, I've thought just... about this. Actually, I think about this a lot, uh, probably more than I should. Um, you know, uh, memento mori, you know, frater memento mori, like brother, remember you're going to die. And the eulogy is something that I've been thinking about for many years. Um, you know, what, what do I like, what do I want said? And, um, you know, what do I want to be known for? And so, you know, I said it at the top, you know, uh, loving my wife and that kind of thing. But I think that if I were, okay, if I'm canonized a saint, I think I would like to be the patron saint of, um, oh man, probably like community meals or something or like eating or like uh porch sitting or 
you know, um, uh, I don't know what it would be, but something like that, like the patron saint of neighborhood gatherings. <laughs> That's what it is. The patron saint of neighborhood gatherings. Um, I, I, um, I really think there's an enormous power when um, you just obey that simple command to love your neighbor, like your neighbor, neighbor, not your, not your like metaphorical neighbor, but your actual yeah. neighbor, yeah. Um, you know, and sort of what that means. And I have, we have spent um, many, many, many nights, something else, just speaking of carving out, we've carved out a night for our neighbors every, every week as well. And um, the kids like that night. They don't, you know, they don't like the day. <laughs> They like that night. Um, and, uh, you know, so we've spent a lot of time and energy thinking about what that might look like if people just did that simple thing. Um, and so, yeah, if like if there ever was something that caught fire or ever something that you have heard, oh, I've heard any Hickman speak. I'm probably talking about this. So I imagine that one day if I am, you know, uh, given honor and glory for for God's work through me. I would, yeah, I think it would probably be like, he was the neighbor guy. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it would be great. Check <laughs> out, checks out from our first conversation. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's beautiful. I, I loved, I loved all your answers. This is an awesome discussion and I hope that the people listening at home get something out of it. And, uh, it's just good. Good to talk to you. Good to speak with you. Share sharing about the faith. Uh, it's just so important and it's beautiful and makes me want to just call my wife. So I know what I'm doing when really? I get off. Yeah. And pick and pick those flowers up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't it's tell her about baby. that. You know, I, I want to <laughs> see that. I want to see the tears of joy. <laughs> and we've got some flowers from Valentine's day that are there. They need to go. So yeah. <laughs> time to replace yeah. them. I didn't even do that. I didn't even do the Valentine's day flowers. I, uh, it's just a, it's a regular occurrence in my house. And so, yeah, the Valentine flowers sometimes like, She's like, what is this? You know, um, I forgot this year. I just like it totally blanked on Valentine's Day, which is. Well, which I is left town, built. so I need it. <laughs> there you go. I went to do a speaking engagement. And so yeah. I left my wife and she was like, on Valentine's Day, we don't care about Valentine's Day from really. I mean, yeah, we celebrate a lot of things, but that's not yeah. our big day. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I knew I was leaving. I was like. She's just sad I'm leaving. So yeah, yeah, that's it. These flowers are a necessity. <laughs> that's it. No, that's yeah, that good call on that. Good call. But cool. thank you so much for speaking with me. Uh if at home, if you're listening, I want to thank our sponsors. It's got to uh use code GBS. That's at the Catholic Company and Good Catholic. Use code GBS for 20% off your order. Uh, this has been wonderful. Anyone at home, if you're listening and you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe. And give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple or whatever service you're using. Uh, Once again, thanks again and God bless. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and check out goodcatholic.com for more details.